You may be thinking, all I see is a room, just a bunch of seats. But what you're looking at is so much more than that. You see, each one of these seats tells a story. Like, take this seat right here. There was a young woman who thought her life was too messy to fit in a church. But she came anyway because her friend just wouldn't let it go. She sat right here in that seat. And you know what she found? We're all a little messy. No one's perfect. And she didn't need to hide her weaknesses here. She didn't just find a church. She found a church family. Or this seat. He didn't think church had anything to offer him. He didn't know if God was even real. But even if he was, he didn't think God cared about him. But then he came one Sunday with his wife. He sat right here. The message that morning really hit home, and he kept coming back. Now, several years later, he's a home group leader. For him, change was possible. People have heard the message of Jesus for the first time in these chairs, grown in their faith in these chairs, and have made real friendships in these chairs. But this seat, this seat has the best story of all. That's because it doesn't have one yet. Maybe it's been waiting for you to invite that friend that you've been thinking about asking. Everyone is welcome here. And this share is only one invitation away from having its own great story. You see, this isn't just an auditorium. This isn't just a room full of chairs. This right here, well, this is us. Well, hey, everybody. Glad you're here with us today. How are we doing so far? So far, so good? All right. Hey, if you are uh, new here, if you're visiting here for the first time, my name is Andy, and I'm one of the pastors here. I uh, just want to welcome you. So glad that you're taking a part of your day to be with us. Uh, and you're here today right in the middle uh, of a three-week series that we're calling This Is Us. And what we're talking about is the church. Actually, we're talking about our church. We're looking in to who God is calling us to be as River Ridge Church and who God's calling us to be uh, individually and also in this community that we live. Last week, we opened up by talking about one huge important thing, that all people matter to God. Everybody matters to God. In fact, God sent Jesus, and he came to cross the lines between us and them, that he came to invite everyone to his message of salvation, that, that everybody's welcome. Regardless of your background or who you are, what you've done, what you look like or any of that, God loves you and he really does desire to be in a relationship with you. And so because of that, uh, what we talked about last week was that we exist here, this is our mission statement, we exist to help you take next steps in your journey with God. And for believers who have already taken a step of faith that placed their faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, see, we exist for believers here to take steps of faith that grow their faith in their journey with God. Uh, steps like serving here. That's a huge step in growing your faith and being a part of God's community. It's a huge part of growing your faith. And giving uh, to God's mission here and what we do at River Ridge Church, that's a huge step that we take as believers. Uh, and also uh, being involved in community. 
that being a part of a small group outside of Sunday is so key uh, to be with like-minded people, and it's huge for spiritual growth and learning uh, and helping you be more caught by God than just taught here on a Sunday. And so those are the steps. And and then another critical step that we talked about uh, for those of us who are believers uh, in Jesus over here at River Ridge Church is, is a huge step of investing, inviting to church, that that's a step that we take to grow our faith, that we invest in people and we invite them to see, to come and see what Jesus did, because we also exist to help people take a step in following Jesus for the first time. And so what we want to do as believers is we want to invite others to this amazing message of God. So we looked at how really, if you think about it, you never know who is just one invitation away from following Jesus. This is what we saw last week in a story that uh, Jesus encountered this guy named Matthew, a tax collector, somebody who was probably one of the furthest away from God. He was one invitation away, and he started following Jesus. And once he did, he just wanted others to come. He invited his friends. He invited all, all his tax collector buddies to a party so that Jesus could come, and he just wanted them to change. He wanted Jesus to change them too. And, and that's what we want to see here. That's what we do see here at River Ridge Church. That's what we want it to be about. I really believe, by the way, you know, I talked about this last week. If you're here and you're trying to figure out, hey, what, what can challenge my faith? I don't believe that there is anything that can challenge and grow your faith more than when you're investing your life in people who are disconnected from God or far away from God. The questions they ask, the things they want to know. Man, nothing gets you reading the Bible more. Nothing gets you praying more, thinking more about that. So, so we talked about that we want to be a partner in, in others being invited there. We want the, every service here on Sunday morning to be a Matthew party where they could come and find out about Jesus. So we believe, uh, because when we have a group of people here who are just fired up about Jesus and they're fired up about what he's done in their life, it just becomes, this becomes a place that's just so welcoming to people who are disconnected from God because everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome to this great invitation And see, this place thrives when we keep bringing people and Jesus together. So this week, we're going to continue this conversation of This Is Us. And we're going to actually talk about another really critical step. uh, And it really does help us be a place where everyone's welcome. And it's this. It's because of this. It's because nobody is perfect. Nobody's perfect. So if you have your Bibles and you want to follow along with me this morning or your electronic devices, go ahead and grab those. And we're going to be in Luke, the book of Luke chapter 18. If you're curious about the translation I'm in and you're going electronic, I'm in ESV if you want to get that translation, English Standard Version. Uh, So that's what we'll be. So as you're getting there, uh, you know, I think, you know, we look at that concept like this idea, nobody's perfect. And I think we all look at that and go, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Like nobody's perfect. Seems like everyone would agree with that. We'd all be on the same page. We probably found ourselves saying that or hearing that, especially if you're married, you've heard that many times. I'm not perfect, right? We've heard that, you know. So we'd all be on the same page page with that, but here's why we're talking about this today. This is why uh, we're talking about this. See, it turns out that there's actually a struggle that we have in this concept, this area of nobody's perfect, especially religious people, people of faith. Because see, when we start following God, see, there are things that are very human that start happening, and it's why Jesus tells us this story in Luke 18. In fact, before Jesus starts the story, we're tipped off to why he's telling it. Uh, the, the, the author tells us here why he's saying it, and it's really clear here in verse 9 in Luke 18. So let's get into this and see why he was telling the story. It says, Jesus, he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. 
So, you know, people around that Jesus was telling a story to, they were followers of Jesus. Some were the disciples of Jesus. There were these Pharisees, people of religious law there, just, just people hanging out, really leaning in, listening to Jesus, wanting to learn, wanting to find out his message. See, but it says that some of the people that were around when Jesus was about to tell this story, see, they thought they were pretty great. Like, they really, they really thought they were pretty awesome. They, they feel superior. They look down on other people. So, real fun bunch here. Right? I mean, like, that's who you want to hang out with, right? I mean, that's what, but, but here's the great thing about Jesus. See, Jesus, he wants to help them. He, he really does. He wants to help them. So here's the story, and here's what we're going to do. We're just going to, we're going to read the whole story, and then we're going to just take a look at some things and talk and ask some questions, and then, and then we'll be done for the day, okay? So let's read this story here. Uh, picking it up in verse 10. So here's what he says. Again, he was talking to somebody who trusted themselves that they're righteous and treated others with contempt. He says, two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. Okay, so that's the story. And so now, right now, what a lot of you are thinking and what a lot of you uh, are saying is, okay, okay, like, this is actually a story that Jesus tells that I get. Like, I get this. Jesus is saying... Don't be like the Pharisee who is self-righteous and overconfident. Be like the other guy who is humble and remorseful. I got this. I don't need any help, Andy. And you're probably thinking, this is going to be the shortest message in the history of River Ridge Church. You would think that, wouldn't you? I got some stuff, okay? Like, you got your coffee. Your kids are fine. Let's hang out. Let's talk a little bit, okay? I, I think there's a few things here that maybe God can help us within this story. But here's the deal, gang. That is the point. That's what Jesus is getting at right there. But here's why we need to talk about this, because here's the challenge. Jesus is telling us this story. Believe it or not, because Christians, we sometimes have a hard time accepting the idea that nobody's perfect. You ever think about that? You ever been there? Did you know that about you? It's true. I, I, I've been there way more times than I would want to admit that I don't really, I think that perfection is something I look at a lot, especially when I look at other people and compare. See, in Jesus, see, he helps us understand this challenge with this story. So that's what I want to talk about this morning. And he's going to help us by talking about this Pharisee. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to just talk to us, uh, River Ridgers in here. Again, this is, if you're here and you're visiting, you're new to church, or you're trying to figure out things about God, you know, I'm going to take some time this morning. I'm going to talk to uh, followers of Jesus in here for a little bit this morning. And, and man, you're welcome to this message because you're just going to get to be able to peek behind the curtain here for a little while about what faith really is about, what following God really means for us and who we really are. So I really do think this will help you too, but I'm going to talk to us believers, followers of Christ in here this morning and challenge us a little bit. We're going to look at a few things about the Pharisee and just ask some questions to me, ask some questions to you uh, as followers of Christ. And then, then we're going to look at, take a look at the tax collector here for a minute. Uh, and then we're just going to uh, see how God challenges us, okay? And here's what I want us to see. When we walk away today, here's what I want to see. I want to see how God not only challenges us to be in a spot of believing that nobody's perfect, but also that he inspires us. He inspires us 
as imperfect people to be a passionate follow of a perfect Jesus. And we actually get to send this message to other imperfect people that are around us with God's story. It's awesome. Okay, so if you're taking notes, here's the first thing that we're going to observe about the Pharisee. If you're, if you're writing things down, here's the first one. First thing about the Pharisee is his prayer is more about him than God. So we see here, the Pharisee says he's standing, right? He stands up. He, he's, he's ready to declare uh, what he's going to say, right? So he, he stands up. Not uncommon on, in the day there. Back in the day, people would, would stand and pray a lot. But Jesus, he, he's telling us something here when he's, when he's telling the story about the Pharisee. If you look in the book of Matthew, uh, Matthew 6, here's what Jesus says about praying. And he kind of tips us off again about the Pharisee. Here's what he says in Matthew 6. He says, hey, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Jesus says, no, instead, when you pray, do this. Uh, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your father who knows in secret. And your father who sees in secrecy, he will reward you there. So here's my guess that Jesus is getting at with this Pharisee. He's saying, hey, you know, this guy right here, he's saying something about the Pharisee about being seen and not really what he's all about. That's what he's getting at. And then why I feel this way is because if you notice the Pharisee's prayer, notice how often this guy says, I, right? He starts out, dear God, and then he says, I, five times. So he's like, dear God, I, 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 you're welcome, God, because I'm awesome. Like, that's what happens. Like, that's what he's doing. He's like, look at me. Like, I'm great, Right? See, guys, this is a challenge for us as followers. See, prayer should never be about making me a big deal. It's always about making God a big deal. See, this is the key out of getting out of the self-righteous rut. The more you focus on God in your prayer life, the more you'll realize your position with him and the more you're gonna find out how much you need him in your life every day. So again, let me ask. I'm gonna ask questions every, with every observation here. How's your prayer life going? How's it going right now? How often do you find yourself saying, God, you are. God, thank you for what you've done. God, look at you instead of me, I. Look at what I've done, God. See, Jesus is saying, the Pharisee here, he's just all about laying out how he's nailing it, right? That's what the Pharisee's doing. And how does the Pharisee know that he's nailing it? Well, it's the second observation, and it's this. It's that he focuses on his external behavior. So that's the second thing that happens if you're taking notes, that he focuses on his external behavior. So he starts, you know, he starts talking, right? And he says, hey, thanks that I'm not like all those bad people and sinners. That's what he's saying. He says, man, I don't do what they do. And see, this is the thing. Jesus talks about this a lot. He talks about this too. If you go back to Matthew in chapter five, Jesus says this about how, how we should understand our position with, with what we do. He says, hey, Jesus says, you know it's been written, don't murder. And here's the thing. The Pharisee at this point when in his prayer, he's like, that's right, that's right, don't murder. Thank you, God, that I don't murder, right? And that's what he's saying. I, that's right. Says, but Jesus keeps going. He says, but I tell you, hey, whoever gets angry with his brother or sister is subject to judgment. Anyone who insults another is in danger. So let me ask you. I'm not going to ask you if you murdered anybody, but let me ask you. Have you ever looked at someone and just quickly devalued them? You never admit it. Have you ever just taken a look at somebody and you just get judgy? You ever do that? See, Jesus is saying, hey, you, you got to look at what's going on, on the inside too here. 
See, that's why he said, hey, listen, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to really uh, beat around the bush here. Even if you don't murder, you're still not perfect in this commandment. You're still not all the way there. Maybe you're just not nailing it as much as you think. Jesus also said in the same, same place in Matthew 5, he said, hey, you know, it said don't quote, commit adultery. And so the Pharisee in this prayer is like, that's right, that's right, I don't commit adultery. Man, thank you that I don't commit adultery. I'm good there, right? Jesus says, but I tell you, anyone who looks at another lustfully has already committed adultery in his heart. So again, let me ask you, just, just if you're honest, just if you're thinking about this, have you ever let your thoughts take hold of something that's inappropriate and you don't immediately shut it down? You ever done that? Have you ever thought about, if you're honest, you ever thought about a sexual relationship that wasn't your spouse? Or you ever look at something on the internet that if you know your family saw that you were looking at it, it would devastate them. But it's not like you're going to commit adultery. I'm not going to do that. I mean, I'm not doing that or anything. But Jesus is saying, hey, there's something going on. Maybe you're not nailing it as much as you think. Pharisee, he keeps going, though, in his prayer, right? He says, hey, thanks, I'm not doing all this stuff. And then he says, hey, here's what I do, though. I fast twice a week. And I tithe, I give my tithe. Back then, um, I don't know if you know much about fasting. Uh, it's a practice that we still do today as believers. Uh, but fasting was a big deal then. Um, so it, what fasting is, is you would take a whole day, a 24-hour period, and you would withhold uh, food uh, as, out of devotion to God. That that, that would actually uh, give you reliance and trust in God and dependence on God. So you would go a whole day out of devotion and, and not eat. And the Israelites, they were actually called back then to, to fast one time a year. This guy was doing it twice a week. You know, he was like there, you know, he's doing it twice a week. And he gives money back to God. He gives the tenth back of everything that comes in. He gives back to God. Gang, this is the catch. This is, man, this right here for us as followers of Christ, like this is so challenging right here, this one. This is really challenging. If we don't see what's happening here, we're gonna fall victim to it too because here, here this is so easy to do. It's, I'm telling you, it's so easy to do. There is nothing wrong with fasting or tithing. In fact, Jesus, he calls us to do it. He calls us to do it out of devotion to God. But see, here's the thing. Our tendencies, this is what we gotta catch. Our tendencies is to let those things give us a feeling of being better than other people. That's what, that's what the tendency is. And see, you don't even have to be religious to get that. Like, this is just what our culture is. See, we all have the ability to let the things we do sort of set a bar for being better than everyone else, isn't it? And it goes the same thing with what we do in these spiritual practices. It's, it's the same in Christianity, it's crazy. And here's the crazy thing about these disciplines that we call them spiritual disciplines. This is, the, this is really crazy. The, the reason and the purpose for spiritual disciplines like reading the Bible, praying, serving, giving, they're actually set up to do the exact opposite of what we see the Pharisee doing. They actually, when we do them, they reveal our desperate need for God to invade our imperfect lives. That's why, that's why they're so important. See, they're meant to remind us of how sinful we are and that we need God at the center of our life. And then we're constantly trying to put ourselves at the center too. Guys, like one of the big things I always wanna be about here for us believers, man, I always wanna be about the why and not just the what we do. Do you understand the why is so important? This is what the Pharisee got wrong. And gang, we do it all the time. See, why do we calculate our budgets? And why do we know where our money goes and give 10% back to God? Because we want to be puffed up about it? No. 
It's because it shows trust in God. And through this discipline, it reveals our surrender to him, that, that we believe God is number one in our lives and not money. We don't want to let money get out of whack in our lives, not to be puffed up about it. Why do we read consistently in our lives? Why do we want to read and be in God's word consistently? Well, here's why. You know why? We actually do it out of our weakness, not because we're strong. Did you know that? Like we're in the word as consistent as we can be because we know how weak we are without it, not because we're really strong. We do it out of our need for God to invade how we operate in our marriages and at work and in our family and around this culture. We can't do that on our own. We can't, we're not made to do that on our own. We can't just rely on Sunday morning. We need God's help. That's why we do it. Man, the why is way more important than the what. Guys, there is not, please catch this, there is not a Christian alive who is good enough for their faith to stand and be strong without putting this stuff in, as a rhythm in their life. Not one of us is strong enough to do that. And there's a lot on the line. There's so much on the line. See, the less we lean on God, you know what we're gonna do? The more we're gonna put faith in ourselves and the more we're gonna be like this Pharisee. It's a slippery slope. You know, if you're here and you're a follower of Jesus and, and you don't find yourself in this rhythm of these disciplines that we call a reading and praying and, and doing these things, you know, I, I wanna encourage you, I wanna challenge you a little bit to get back to it, okay? Get into it again. I really wanna challenge you, uh, encourage you. Nobody's perfect at these, like nobody's perfect at them, but man, maybe this is a help to understand the why and not just the what. Maybe this will fire you up a little bit to get back into the word every day. Take some time and pray. Gang, do whatever is necessary to keep God at the center of your life. Do whatever is necessary to lean into a holy God and put him at the center of every day because we all need that. We cannot stand on ourselves. If you're looking for something to maybe stir things up a little bit. Maybe you've just been a little dry or, or trying to figure out, uh, shake things up. There's a great devotional from Tim Keller. You can write this down. It takes you through all the Psalms in, a, in an entire year. It's called the Songs of Jesus. It's, it's a great thing. Maybe, maybe it'll help kickstart something. I tell you that I'm reading it and, and that God has shown me a whole lot. I'm being pretty consistent in it, but that would be very self-righteous of me. And I'm on a, I'm on a roll condemning that, so I don't want to say that to you, but, but that'd be a good book to check out, okay? Here's a third thing that the Pharisee does that we want to look at. He plays the comparison game. He plays the comparison game. You know, he says, I am so glad that I'm not the tax collector. Do you see that? He's like, I'm so glad that I'm not a tax collector. He's a terrible guy. I'm way better than him, right? He's not as good as me. He's not as smart. And, and it goes on and on and on, doesn't it? Gang, we were not put on this earth by God to compare ourselves to others. And here's what I'm gonna tell you. It is the biggest pitfall, though, of our faith. I could probably stand up here and teach about comparing ourselves every single week, and I think every single week somebody would come up and go, thank you, I needed that. We need to constantly be reminded about this in our world. It's a pitfall of our faith. Here's why, I'm gonna tell you. Here's why, again, I wanna be more about the why and not just the what, I'm telling you. Here's why comparing is so dangerous in the life of a follower of Christ. See, when we compare, if you're taking notes, I don't have them up on the screen, but you can write them down. Here are three things that happen when we compare ourselves to others. They'll happen. Here's the first thing. When I compare myself to others, I'll get full of myself because you don't measure up to me. That's what happens, right? So I'll get full of myself. Here's the other thing that happens. I'll get resentful of you because I don't measure up to you. And here's the third thing that happens. Neither one of us wins. 
It happens every single time. God never put us here to compare ourselves to others. You know, I think about a lot of things, social media and Facebook and all that stuff, and, and it really does break my heart sometimes because, you know, I, I think that's fine and, and that's okay to, to be on there and look at, but you, you realize that that's just the best of what people are putting up there. Do you understand, like, sometimes that stuff drives people to desperation? Seeing, seeing the good stuff, it's crazy what we do when we compare ourselves to others. Again, sometimes you don't even have to really Believe in God to know what I'm talking about. But God does have something to say about that. You know, for, if you're a follower of Christ here, for those of us in Christ, we're not called to do it. Do you know who we're called to look at? Do you know who we're called to compare ourselves to? Christ. See, that's our gauge. That's who we use as our gauge. We compare ourselves to Jesus. And as we do that, you know what happens, guys? We realize we're not perfect not one of us when we do that. And we need God's mercy every single day of our lives. So don't compare yourself to others. Compare yourself to Jesus and just keep doing that every day. So that's the Pharisee. That's the Pharisee. Let me ask you maybe a question here as we go through that last one there. Do you find yourself maybe looking down at people who are maybe less spiritual than you and you kind of flex your spiritual muscles at them? I mean, you know, do you find yourself maybe looking up to someone whose outside spirituality looks good to determine your standing with God. See, that's why it's so dangerous. We, you don't know their whole story. So that's the Pharisee. Okay, here's another guy that we're gonna look at real quick, the tax collector. Now, if you missed last week, uh, we went into depth a little bit about the tax collector. So I really encourage you to jump online, uh, go to our podcast or, or get on our website. You can download the message there. But we talked a lot about this tax collector. This guy is not the Pharisee, okay? Last week, we talked about uh, the tax collector more. But see, you can't glamorize. He's a bad guy. Like, he really is. He's not a good dude, okay? And here's why. This is what's going on with him. This tax collector, he's extorting money from his own people, and it's legal, so they can't do anything about it. And he's getting rich off the poor, and he's, so he's not very popular around his circles, right? We even saw last week that even they would put him in a category in that day. They separated sinners and tax collectors. I mean, that's how bad this guy was, because even sinners didn't want to be associated with tax collectors. But here's the thing about this tax collector that Jesus wants us to know. See, he knows it, doesn't he? He knows that he has no business being there at the temple. He knows that he is so messed up. And his only shot, his only shot, is if God's gracious enough to give him a mercy rule in his life. And, and here's the thing. I want you to go back and read Luke 18 again because this guy is so just down about this. Jesus says he can't even pick his eyes up. He can't even lift his head up. He knows he wasn't perfect for sure. And so he just says, God Will you have mercy on me? I'm a sinner. And here's the truth. Here's the turn. Jesus stops the story. He looks at everyone in the eyes, and he says, that's the one who walks away okay with God. And my guess is the jaws hit the floor. They're like, really? The tax collector? And see, this is what we need to talk about today. This is the point of why he's telling us this story, because this is what was so perplexing to them. It's so, think about it. Let me ask you this, okay? Just think about it. It's not a tough quiz. Who knew more scriptures, the Pharisee or the tax collector? 
Who spent more time in church? Who prayed more? Who had a better reputation in the community? Who, if you ask, hey, which one of you loves God? Who would say, that'd be me, that'd be me? It's the Pharisee on every one of those. Now, is, there, is any of that wrong? No, no. I mean, I, I definitely want to be a church where we're, where we're knowing the Bible, where we know God, where we're learning about him, where we pray and we, we pray for our community and we love people well and we do all those things. But here's my point. Here's Jesus's point. Who do you think was more aware of their need for God? Who was more certain that they weren't perfect? That'd be the tax collector. And guys, this is the most important. Who walks away right with God? That'd be the tax collector. Gang, Here's why this parable is so important to us. Here's the temptation. And we have this as a church, and I'm telling you, it will be detrimental to us if we can't recognize it and kill it in ourselves. And it's that nobody's perfect. Nobody. It's that nobody should walk through these doors and feel like, I got it all together. I don't need any help. I don't need anything. I'm good. Look at me. I'm great. It's the biggest temptation we will have as followers. It's the biggest temptation we will have as a church. And the challenge is this. This is the challenge. This is why. Because the longer we're a part of a church, the more temptation there is to become like the Pharisee and the less we can be honest and real in our spiritual journey because we don't really think that you can take that because we should be a little further along. And gang, that the less will be a place that is welcome to the story of Jesus and we will become a barrier to the gospel. And I don't want that. We, we don't want that. We don't want to be like that. We don't want to be a church full of Pharisees like in the story that Jesus tells. We want to be a church full of people who are honest with themselves and honest with a holy God and humbly working on things because of God's grace and mercy that gets us going with who he is in our life. And see, we need each other. We need each other. We need each other to help because we don't want anybody to stay in that place. We don't want anybody to stay in that same place with God. One of our core values is that we never stop growing. That's so huge to us. We want your walk with Jesus moving forward, every one of you, every single day. But guys, guys, here's what you gotta catch. You can never walk away from your need for Jesus. Never. I, we miss this so much. I, I've talked about this before. I think when we believe in Jesus, it's almost like, hey, I accepted Jesus that day and we like kind of walk away from that need. Like that was when I really needed him. You know what I mean? Like we have such a temptation to do that. Guys, our need for Jesus today is just as critical as a need that say, the first day we accepted him. It didn't change. It's every day. Jesus is every day in our lives. Again, because nobody's perfect. Nobody. And even though, here's the thing, even though we're here to grow our faith and work on things and move forward with Jesus, sometimes our lives with Jesus, if we're honest, is a little messy. It's a little messy. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay. And the more we can be honest with that while we grow in our relationship with Jesus, I'm telling you, the more we'll see Jesus transform our lives, our marriages, our families. And he, listen, will keep changing people for the very first time here at this place. People like Craig, I, I want us to watch this story. Hello, my name's Craig Owens. I'm here today to say I've placed my Lord, my faith in my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and to tell my story. What my life was before I placed my life in, in my Lord and Savior was, um, was pretty bad. I've been arrested 23 times. I'd been to the penitentiary twice. Was going back to the third time looking at life in prison. 
and I actually got a great opportunity to get into Putnam County Drug Court. I'd excelled, did very well, graduated the program, um, started working, was doing great in my jobs, and I found out that uh, money and work was my new addiction, that I traded drugs for one for another, and something was missing in my life. In the search to find what was missing in my life, I'd uh, been locked back up, I'd relapsed, lost about everything that I'd worked hard for. And uh, when I got out of jail, I, I started getting back into treatment and got plugged in at CR and started coming to River Ridge Church. This one, uh, I realized everybody's not perfect and people make mistakes in life. And that's when I decided to give my life 100% over to my Lord and Savior and get baptized and, and to give my life totally over to Jesus Christ. Hey, my name's Craig, and thanks for listening to my story today. Yeah, so uh, Craig, is it you, have you placed your faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins? Yes. Yeah, awesome. And is it your decision today as a public declaration to be baptized to show the family and declare that you're a father of Christ? All right. Now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you. That's the kind of church I want to be. That's the kind of place I want to be. Amen to that? I don't want you to look around here, but Craig's here right here. He's here with us this morning. Isn't that awesome? Let's praise God. Isn't that awesome? Hey, I don't want to be a perfect place for perfect people. I don't know about you. I want to be a part of Jesus' hospital for sinners like me, like Craig, and like the next person that's going to walk through that door at any possible time because we want to be a place where everyone, come on, where everyone's welcome, where nobody's perfect, and where we believe God could change anybody. He could do it if we let him. He could do it. It's possible. And here's the thing, gang. We're seeing God do this. We're seeing. So here's what I'm saying. Can we keep doing that? Let's just keep going. Amen to that? Come on, yeah, let's keep doing that. Yeah. So here's my challenge. Here's my challenge. I'm going to give us a challenge, a great one. So what, a, what a great way to end uh, this morning on. So when you walk out this morning, uh, we're, we're going to give you all a little mirror. I don't want you sneaking out without getting one, okay? We're, we got our eyes on it. We got cameras up. Take a mirror. We're going to hand them to you, okay? And here's what I want us to do. Sometime today, sometime this week, maybe every day over the next couple, couple weeks here, I want you to just take a look in the mirror. What do you see? For us followers of Jesus... I, I want to challenge us to spend a little mirror time with God this week. When you look, do you see someone who's all about having it together just on the outside? Or do you see someone who's inward, looking at the inside and seeing what Jesus is doing there? How you doing? How you doing there? Have you been taking time to look at your heart and allowing God to shape that instead of looking at other people to guide you? Let me ask you this, if you're a follower of Christ, how much have you been looking at what you do to determine your standing instead of allowing what Jesus did to change it from the inside out? 
If you're a follower here, you know, when was the last time that you just kind of came to God like the cat tax collector? When, when's the last time you honestly just said, God, here I am, huh? just a sinner, have mercy on me? When's the last time you actually literally prayed that prayer? I'm gonna ask you, maybe you could do that. See, true followers of Jesus have a constant moment of clarity with Jesus where you just abandon everything you do to make yourself all right and better and then you just put yourself on the cross and you believe that God's mercy and grace and forgiveness is what matters and we need that every day, every day in our lives. It's so important. Listen, gang, as a church right now, it's so important to be a church that not only just understands truth but we also understand grace because once we understand the grace given to us, then we will stop being like the Pharisee and we will extend grace to others. People like Craig, like me, like Jim or Nancy or whoever it is that walks through that door. So as you take that mirror today, I just wanna challenge you to think about that. Ask God where you're a little bit more Pharisee-like in your life and just let him work that out in you. Can you do that this week? And maybe you're here this morning and maybe you saw that story, you heard this story of Jesus or you saw Craig's story and you're thinking, man, I'm a little bit more like that. And then you see what you're doing or you see your life and you're wondering, I don't even know how to face God with, with what's going on in my life. I don't think I've ever really made a decision uh, like this to follow Jesus. And see, this is what you need to know. I want you to look at that mirror too. And here's what I want to tell you. See, God sees you for who you are too. And listen to me, he will not remove the hope of Jesus Christ from you. Amen. He sees you for exactly who you are and he still offers Jesus because nobody's perfect. Nobody. And you are welcome in this place to come to a spot where you can admit it and you can come to the cross of forgiveness and salvation and you could do that today. See, your next step today, here's the crazy thing. If you come like that, like if you just come like the tax collector, that's all he did. If you just, and if you come like so many of us in this room have come to Jesus before, if you admit your sin, if you truly are repentant, if you really do want to see God change you, he can, he will forgive you and he will change you if you let him in on your mess because God sent Jesus not if you're good enough. See, Romans 5, 8 says that God shows us his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us and he died for you right now in that seat where you sit. You don't have to clean yourself up. You just gotta come like the tax collector isn't that great news? That's great news for you today. That's the best news I can ever deliver to anybody in my whole life. I love delivering that news. Then the next step you could take today is a step of belief that Jesus really is God, that Jesus really did come for you, and he died to take away your sin. And see, if you bring your past, if you bring your mess ups, if you bring whatever it is that you say is getting in the way of, oh man, I'm just you know, screwed up or whatever it is, if you bring that, you call whatever it is, it's sin. It's what gets in the way. Here's the thing, God doesn't like it either. He can't stand it. But that's why he sent Jesus. He loves you. And if you repent and you turn from it, here's the thing. You can receive grace from your sin and place your faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of that sin. And Jesus will take your punishment and he will exchange it for eternity. Wow. You could do that today. That's what you deserve is death. And Jesus says, I'll take that if you believe in me and you put everything on the cross. And then what will happen when you make this decision, if you're thinking about it right now, some of you are, I know. It, when you make that decision, you know what happens? Here's the thing. God will come flooding in. He will become flooding into your life because you've been declared right with God through that. And I know it seems like you should do a lot more for that. That's the thing. It's weird. It's like, well, I feel like I should do a little bit more to get, get to God. And I guess that's, that's the point. It seems unbalanced, but that's the point. You see, Jesus did all the work. He did all the work. His work saves you, not your own. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. 
But the catch is this. This is the catch. And this is what full-on followers of Christ, this is what we're experiencing in our lives. You see, when you actually come to this decision in your life to place your faith in Jesus Christ, you see, what happens, it's like what you've been made to do finally kicks in. And then you start to realize Jesus is it. And then your life actually starts to change. And you actually start to see progress and a purpose in your life because the old is gone and the new has come. It's unbelievable. It's the message we get to talk about all the time in our own lives. That's why we're here. See, but you're not going to be perfect at it. But that's why we're here. We're here to help you. We're here to help you grow. And, 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 and because we want to see you leave your life of sin. And here's what you get to do when you leave your life of sin. You know what you get to do? You get to walk in the light with God in us. Amen. Isn't that awesome? This is your invitation today, I'm telling you. And again, you're not going to be perfect at it, but it's a beautiful exchange, and, and we're here to help you take steps. So I'm going to pray for us in a minute, and I'm telling you, if you're here and you're ready to do that, oh, man, don't wait. What are you waiting on, man? I don't know. I'll give you a donut to do it. I don't know what you're waiting on. Come on. This is it. This is it. If you've never placed your faith in Jesus, I don't know what you need to wait on for anything. This is the greatest thing ever. So you could do that. So we're gonna give you a second here to think about that. If you never place your faith in Jesus, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to do that as we pray. Um, but I'm gonna challenge us as a church one more time before we get, get, get done, okay? You ready? You know, with my story, with Craig's story, with your story, can we be a place where grace is extended to everybody? Can we be that place? I know we can. Let's keep being that place. Can we keep being a place of grace because of the grace given to us? This world gang is so hungry for God's love. Do you know that? This world is so hungry for God. I believe it. And here's what we get to do. We need to be able to show God's love and what it does in the lives of imperfect people like us through the perfect Jesus so that we could go after other imperfect people out there. What an opportunity we have. What a great call that we have by God. So let's do that. Can we be serious about that? Amen to that? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, let's pray together. God, thank you. Thank you that you love us even though we're not perfect. Right now as we're praying, this is it. This is, if you're ready and, and you, know, you heard me talking about the gospel, that's the gospel that Jesus came to die for you and, and that if you've never accepted that in your life, this is your opportunity to do that and make that right. I'm just gonna call on you to actually just say a prayer with me. You know, maybe you heard that just a few minutes ago and something hit you and you're like, that's it. I, I don't think I've ever made this decision. Man, don't wait. Make this decision. You know, th this, is what, this is what we're here for. This is what you've been put on this earth for. And so if you're ready to begin your life with Jesus, just like we talked about, if you're listening to this and you, uh, online or whatever, we, you know, this, I wanna invite you to do that. It's a simple prayer and it'll solidify the decision that you're gonna declare as Jesus as your savior. So if you're ready to let God in and place your faith in Jesus, uh, here's what I wanna do. You know, we're all down and, and, and you know, I'm just gonna ask you if you're ready for that. I just want you to, uh, I don't, I'm not gonna ask you to stand up or anything like that, um, but I do want you to maybe declare in a way uh, to do that, uh, to, to maybe raise your hand and show somebody, show me. I mean, if you're ready to do that, can you raise your hand? If you're online, I think, okay, thanks, I see you. If you're online, you don't have to do that. I know that's a little weird. Um, but anybody else? Anybody else ready to declare their allegiance to Christ? Anybody? All right, that's awesome. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. We're just gonna pray, and you can pray with me in your seat, in your heart, uh, however you wanna do that, but here's what we're gonna pray. We're gonna pray, God, I admit my sin to you this morning. I'm not perfect, and my sin separates me from you. I believe that Jesus came to die for my sin, and I'm asking for your mercy and forgiveness through what Jesus did. Today, I accept your gift of grace, and that's what saves me. So I leave my life of sin as you make me new in Jesus' name. 
if we all could praise God for a minute and just welcome our new brothers and sisters into this community. Yes, yes. All right, let's pray. God, help us, help us be humbled by your grace. Help us have passion to share your story with other people. Give us opportunities that we can see through your lens and with this great message of salvation of Jesus Christ. And we pray for all of this in his name. Amen, amen. All right, go out there, be a blessing in the name of Jesus this week. We'll see you next Sunday, okay? streets to open plains we are under one name no one is lost or goes unseen because we're all loved